going to go deeper in his word today. And uh, God is doing something deeply, deeply relational in this hour of the church. So we want to focus in on that. Uh, I want to just reiterate just a couple of things that we um, initiated last week and then just move deeper into what God's desiring, uh, what I sense God is desiring for us to really press in on uh, this week. So God is doing something. Uh, it literally is what I, I just think we need to understand it from this vantage point. He's doing something deeply relational in this hour of the church. It involves relationship. How many of you know God is incredibly relational? <laughs> like, he's amazing. And um, incredibly relational. So everything he's going to do in us, to us, through us, around us is going to be relational. What God is desiring to do in this hour of the church is phenomenally relational. And I think it is just really important that we recognize if you want to go further in the plan of God for your life. Everybody here is in different places, different stages, different ages, different circumstances, but I want to tell you something that we all have in common. Whatever uh, is before you with God, that next step is always a relational step. It's always a relational step. Uh, we pay too little attention to the connections God wants to bring. Ephesians chapter 4 says each joint supplies. It's an interesting text about the gifts that we have and the awakening and mobilization of the church and how we're to be unified as the church. And each joint supplies, it says, as each part does its work. Each joint supplies. How many of you know where there's connection, adjoining, there's provision, supplying? Where there's connection... There's provision. Many times when God wants to take you to the next dimension, he'll introduce you to one new connection and it changes everything about your life, your vocation, your relationships, uh, whatever that may be. I, I've learned in my own life when God's trying to take me to a new place, many times he'll just introduce me to a new person. And that new person brings a different perspective and suddenly it begins to, I mean, connection brings provision. So whatever this next step for you is, it is highly relational. <laughs> It's just the way God functions. It's the way God works. This is why you find yourself constantly feeling animosity and division to key relationships in your life because the devil knows that if you make the connection, there will be provision. We need each other more than we realize we need each other because in the connection is provision. Therefore, the enemy tries to bring division to keep us disconnected so we never discover new dimensions of what he's called us to discover. I want to just say, let it go. Don't harbor unforgiveness. Don't nurse disappointment. Don't wallow in discouragement. I just want you to realize all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. No matter what anybody has ever done to you, if you will give it to the Lord and let it go, God will use it to strengthen your life into a whole other place. We get so caught up in so much stuff that keeps us from the real treasure that God wants us to possess. So what, we've, what we're learning is the Lord's just helping us understand more of the church. It's just crazy that I have the privilege to stand before this great audience of people week after week on the Sundays that I'm speaking 
and talk about the church and what God wants from the church. And uh, this shift has happened where we're, we're, we're just seeing with a little more clarity. It's not, um, I don't even really know how to explain, explain it, except there's just been somewhat of an awakening in the body of Christ. And many of us as pastors are starting to wake up to the reality that we've built religious organizations more than we have actually become the church. And we've created rooms full of consumers who love listening to ministers when God's wanting to raise up rooms full of ministers who love listening to God. That's why we want to make room to pray and listen and worship in a way that's not just succinct. And that's why I get up here and I don't just rush into my message. I haven't even gotten started in my message. And, and I've been up here for, you know, a good 10 minutes or so just listening and wanting to cooperate. And it just should be our life. It's not, we don't just lead by listening. We live by listening. And we learn to discern what the Spirit of God is saying everywhere we go, at work, with our families, whatever it may be. We're learning to live by listening. And it's more of a flow and a cooperation and if you write out the word guidance I love it it's G-U-I dance God you and I dance and it's just the way we walk in our relationship with the Lord this conversational relationship with God who sent his son who's the word saying I want to have a word with you and initiate a conversation with you in the way you're going to walk through this world yes there are a lot of things going through this world but lift your eyes above and you'll begin to rise above as you walk in a place of guidance with the Lord your God he is able this is just the way we walk this out. We treat uh, our faith almost like chemistry. It's more like poetry. The Bible's more like music than it is like math. It's just something rhythmic about the heart of God, and he wants us to possess, and it, it, it requires us to learn the rhythm of relationship with him and with others and the way we cultivate a friendship and the way we walk this out. So COVID came, and it just you know smacked us all in the face, and, and we all stepped back, and we reevaluated everything that we were doing on every level of life. How many of you know the world, the world has changed since COVID came because it impacted globally a perspective overall? One of the things global did, uh, sorry, one of the things COVID did was it helped us as church leaders realize we had been so focused on gathering crowds into a building that when we could no longer gather crowds into a building, we didn't have our disciples-making mechanism in place because this chiefly becomes the disciple-making mechanism in the way the Western world church functions. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. I mean, I, I know I start saying this and, and people get nervous. Are we not having church anymore? We are going to gather as the church because the Bible says, forsake not the assembly. We want to gather as the church. We just want to understand the gathering is not the chief primary mechanism for disciple making. We need to mobilize God's people as a result of coming together. We've treated gathering in the church like it's movies. Like you go to the movies and you're entertained and you watch the actors and the people making the presentation. Going to church is not like going to the movies. Going to the church is like going to the gym. You should get stronger as a result and go out and do the work God created you to do and accomplish the mission that he's placed before your life. You will live your life unfulfilled if you just live a disconnected life from God's family, from God's purposes, and you just go to church. Jesus didn't die so you could go to church. He died so you would become the mighty sons and daughters of God that you are, and everywhere you go in the earth, the enemy should tremble because you carry the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. So there's this great stop that happened when COVID came. 
And we started evaluating so much, and, and, and you can relate, and we've talked about this analogy at different times in the course of this whole progression, but if you have your phone and, and you, you get your phone brand new, and it's got original factory settings, and then you do what? You start changing it up. You make screen pictures. You put different rings to different names. You fill it with 59,100 gazillion videos, pictures. I mean, your phone is all personally customized exactly just the way you like it and it starts getting glitchy because of all of your personal preferences and ultimately when your phone gets glitchy to a certain point then they're going to tell you the only way to get it out of being so glitchy is to return it to its original manufacturer settings and the church through our personal preferences had become so glitchy and God is saying I'm returning the church to its original manufacturing settings settings, that which I desire for my church to become, I'm resetting it all. And I'm full of fire over this reality of what God is desiring for us to understand. We as the church need to step into another realm of revelation to be everything he's called us to be. And that's why God is doing something so relational in this hour because he's always been doing something relational. We've just been so independent and self-absorbed, we have not valued the relationships he wants us to value the way we should have. So today I want us to talk about deeper relationships. We're going deeper I want us to talk about deeper relationships, and I want to invite the Holy Spirit to convict every single one of us in whatever way he wants to convict us about a spirit of independence and disconnection that we've bought into because the community that we live in, the society that we live in, has evangelized the church more than the church has evangelized the society or the community that we live in. Anybody agree with me and say amen? Lord, convict us however you want that we might truly be a people who understand the unity of the Spirit and the friendship with God and the friendship with each other that brings something so very valuable. So we're all part of the bigger story. How many of you know God had you in mind from before time began? From the time before time began. Like before the creation of the world, the foundation of the world. Before he formed you in uh, your mother's womb, he knew you. He appointed you. In the book of Jeremiah, such a beautiful text of scripture. You're a part of every story God's ever written in scripture. Last week I messed it up really bad. So I asked if we could just put the graphic up today. uh, And and that way I can just clarify a little bit. And I encourage you, you might take a a picture of this or it'll be on our blog of course. But uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Israel that were born from this crazy family we read about in the Bible. And and this was the progression of the children. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, Benjamin. You're in the story. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole message because I've spoken this to you before. But number one son is born Reuben, and that uh, Reuben means he has seen my misery. Mom named Reuben because she was miserable. I'm going to name him Reuben because God has seen my misery and allowed me to have a baby. Simeon. Then we see one who hears. He saw my misery. He heard my cry. Levi means attached. 
He saw my misery. He heard my cry when I cried out to God. I became attached with God. Judah praised. I began to praise my God. I could go through the whole progression of all 12, but the beauty of it is in the, in the, the final name, Benjamin, actually the mother is about to die as Benjamin is being born, and in her misery, she says, I'm going to name him Benoni, which means son of my misery, but the father says, no, he'll not be known as Benoni, the son of my misery. He'll be known as Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And when Jesus died on the cross, the father looked at the cross and he said, he'll not be known as a son of misery, but I will raise him up from the dead and he will be seated in the right hand of the father. And you and I are in Christ at the right hand of God. This is crazy. We are in the story. The entire story of Scripture, you're in it. He was thinking about you from the very beginning. And this is what we're focusing in as we venture into a deeper reality of what God's desiring to do in this hour of the church. But in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, mankind was designed to live in the presence of God, discerning the ways of God. G-U-I dance as a way of life, just the way Adam would walk with God in this garden. You and I are designed for the garden experience where we encounter God as our way of life. You're in the story. It's in this place of the garden that we then start to learn the very nature of the Father, the Trinity God, the community God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're created in the image of community God. And in this place of coming to a greater revelation of community God and who he truly is, that's where we explore and realize it is not good for man to be alone. And we start to figure out there's this deep spiritual joining of relationship and friendship, not only with God, but with each other. That's what we discover in that atmosphere of the garden. And then we start to recognize and understand in the progression of all of this that God actually has a work for us to do. And today we're going to talk about the joining of our lives. Next week we're going to talk about the work because we see this progression in the book of Genesis. The work is the ark. And all of us are designed designed by God to build some form of ark with the expression of our lives that will help or maybe even rescue people out of the fallen ocean of humanity that exists around us. And everywhere you go, when you learn to walk in relationship with God, spiritually joined with each other, discovering the work of God, you then start to be activated and awakened to realize there is a ladder between heaven and earth. And everywhere you go, surely the Lord was in this place, and I didn't know it, as Jacob says in the, in the book of Genesis, in your home, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your drives around town. You are the prayer force of God, and there is a ladder between heaven and earth, and God desires to awaken something within us. This is the progression of what we're talking about in this particular season for the church as we prepare for our 2023 New Year's revelation deeper. And as we explore this, and God prepares our hearts to walk in it, it will be almost a consummation or a... Um, an incredible flourishing of the 2022 New Year's revelation. Everyone is created for this abundant life that he's called us to live. Wow, I'm already tired. It's really funny how 
less concerned I am about what everybody thinks right now. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time. And I have never in ministry years been less concerned about what anybody looking at me is thinking. And that doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means that what he thinks matters more than what anybody has to say. And that's going to awaken something within all of our hearts. Come on. Let's do Let's just clap it in. Let's declare it with an attitude of loving Jesus more than anything else. In the name of Jesus. It's so liberating just not to feel like I've got to keep plates spinning to make sure I keep your attention. I just want to do what he wants to do. I want to pay attention to him. When he says it's over, we're done. When he says there's more, there's more. And uh, it's, a, it's a great talk, isn't it? But we've got to live that out. And so some of what I'm doing, I, I'm an extrovert, in case you hadn't known. Introverts tend to think things through. Extroverts tend to talk, tend to th- talk things out. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm working this out while I'm looking at you and you're looking at me. And we're all just like, the Lord is doing something here. I don't know what it is, but boy. Two-thirds of God is odd. I am in that two-third part. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. The people who know their God. We talked about this last week. Knowing God in the garden, in that space of the garden. Knowing God intimately. Adam knew Eve. Same Hebrew word, yada. And she conceived. You will know your God intimately. And it will reproduce something of the life of God within you. And you will not be able to help but give birth to God's kingdom in the earth. You will know your God. The people who know their God shall be strong. And do great exploits. Do you see the progression Knowing God in the garden, be strong. You're not just strong because you know God. You're strong because you're part of God's family. Do great exploits. Build an ark. Strength doesn't just come from being in relationship with God. Strength comes from being in relationship with God's family. Strength doesn't just come from being in relationship with God. Strength comes from being in relationship with God's family. And again, if the enemy can convince you to slip in, slip out, not connect, not be joined, then he will keep you isolated and weaker than God's desire and plan is for you in your life. Who you surround yourself really matters. More than we understand. Who you surround yourself really matters. I heard this guy talking about a, a mission trip. He went on, young man, group of uh, you know, young adults, and, and about 20 of them, uh, and they went to, to this place where they gathered together, and they were going to take vans up to a village. And it was two different vans, and, and he met a guy in the group that was kind of a goofball, made him laugh, thought it was really funny, and so he hopped in the van that the goofball jumped in. And, and I am a goofball, by the way, so uh, I, I don't mind goofballs. But in this particular situation, it didn't go so well. They jumped in the van. The goofball starts getting them all telling jokes. And they laughed their way all the way up the, the side of the hill to the village where they're ministering, ready to minister to the people at the village. They all get out of their van, and they look over, and the next van pulls up, and the side door opens. And everyone in the van is weeping and travailing. And somebody, rather than saying, hey, what's a good joke you heard? Somebody in the van said, hey, 
let's begin to pray for the heart of these people we're about to speak to, that God would do something powerful. How many of you know when you start praying for other people's hearts, God does something in your own heart. God invaded that van. His presence came out of heaven into earth through their lives, and they encountered God on the way up that hill. And he's standing there thinking, we're in the van telling knock-knock jokes, and they are encountering God Almighty. Who you surround yourself really matters. It is so important that you understand this today. Surround yourself with those who are on the same mission as you. This is the 2020s. Not like the 1920s. This is the roaring 20s, not like a century ago. This is the roaring 20s, the 2020s, where the lion of the tribe of Judah is awakening the prophetic roar of God in the body of Christ in this hour. Surround yourself with those who are on the same mission as you that are connected to the roar of God because it will help awaken that roar within you. I am now declaring the roar of God in this moment in the church. Ah, I want more. Today, following the service, we actually have the largest number of people that have ever signed up for Discovering Destiny to attend Discovering Destiny. What is happening? God is starting to raise up a company of people who sense the call to a tribe to make a deeper connection that we might truly activate and awaken the prophetic roar of God Almighty in the body of Christ once again. And I want you to understand, it's important, I'm going to go through this process two times today just in talking with you because it's important that you get it. If you feel God is calling you to identify with this tribe, like, truly be a member of the family. You understand what I'm saying? Really identify and step in. Then I want you to understand the process. It's very simple. There's this connect card that exists in the seat back pocket in front of you. Or you can text destiny to the number on the screen. You should have the number on the screen in your phone as the destiny number because we use it for everything. But you can text destiny to the number or you can get a card and you just check on their member of the family and you drop it in a giving station or you tell us that online. What happens, that then triggers something more than just ticking a box and, uh, you know, the, the proverbial, great, now you're in. You know, we just want to grow this organization. Now, whoever wants, you know, raise your hand. Yeah, I see the hand. Good, you're in. That's not what this is about. We want to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. It's a body of Christ. So when you drop that card in there, either I or one of the pastors, we will personally have a meeting with you to discuss what we believe as a church family the church is really all about. And if you really want to step into that revelation, we want you to understand it and comprehend it so we're not just building a religious organization, but we're truly growing disciples. Can I get an amen? very important. So that's the starting point for this. And then multiple times through the course of the year, we do something called discovering destiny. That's going to happen today, immediately following the service, whether you've signed up for it or not. If you want to go, then join us right after the service. We'll walk out those doors, up the stairs, and in the middle of that second floor is something called the media center. And that's where we're going to gather for a 30 to 40 minute conversation. You just leave your kids in the kids area and they're going to actually give them a snack after church so the children are not hangry when you pick them up. 
Feed the animals. Make sure they're well fed. And so you can just leave them there. You don't have to go get them first. Just come right up. We're going to be sharp, 12 o'clock sharp, and, and get started. And 30 to 40 minutes, we'll have you out of there so that you're understanding what it is for us to walk together and explore your gifts, if God's calling you to this tribe, actually should shape who we are as a family. Do you understand this? Like, we are the church. Don't tell me I go to your church. I have people say that. I go to your church. Now, it's not my church. It's his church, and I'm part of it. We are the church. And so Discover Destiny is about you understanding you, us understanding us. How do we step forward in this thing? And we do that three times a year. And then in the December month and the first Wednesday, one time a year, we do a Holy Ghost commissioning from our elders where we lay hands on this Wednesday night, first Wednesday of December. Welcome, appreciation banquet. Welcome to the family. We celebrate everybody who's been serving in different places all year long. And then we welcome new family members into the church church and we lay hands on and commission those new family members to declare they will walk in a greater deeper revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ as their way of life this is important we want you to understand God is inviting all of us into this deeper place where he's joining our hearts relationally on purpose and this is where we learn to value relationships as if they are connected to our destiny because they're connected to our destiny. Like, it really matters. So I want you to turn with me in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. Verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment according to the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, everybody just do your fingers like this, Okay, one body, many members, just as each of us have one body with many members, and not all members have the same function, so in Christ we who are many are one body. Now this is crazy, and each member belongs to one another. How many of you belong to Jesus? Can I hear an amen? Amen. When you belong to Jesus, he then says you belong to each other. And for you to disconnect from that reality is for you to live in less than all God desires for you to possess. And, and I understand it. I mean, you can be you know, fed up with, disillusioned by, too busy and distracted, just don't really have time to make church my priority. I mean, I'll make it to a service. I'm talking about really engaging in what God's called us to become as the body of Christ in the earth where you're mobilized and connected more than just on a Sunday where we would think this would be the disciple-making mechanism that we have as a church. This is not the disciple-making mechanism. It, is, it helps in discipleship. It is not the primary mechanism for making disciples. Jesus never demonstrated anything like that. So viewing our God-given connections from an eternal perspective changes everything. 
Now think with me for just a moment. Jesus walking on the earth, the Father in heaven. Jesus the Father, Jesus the Father. Were they close? How close were they? They were one. Like that's pretty close. Would you agree? How many of you believe you can't get any closer to anybody than Jesus was to the Father or is to the Father? Now I want you to think about that because Jesus and the Father are one. John 17, 11, I will no longer be in the world, but they, the disciples, our followers, are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name, the name you gave me, so they may be one just as we are one. I don't know if you're really getting the magnitude and depth of what this is saying, but in the same way Jesus and the Father are one, you and I are one. That's the kind of unity God is wanting to release in the earth. And I just have to say, the church of our day is not fostering this revelation very well in our independent society. We are one. Like Jesus and the Father are one. And when we get this, all heaven will break loose in the earth and all hell will be eradicated because heaven will invade. The Bible reveals it, Psalms 133, 1, very common portion of Scripture. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. God created in the original, in the garden, and, and he created, and it was good. Same thing being expressed here. When we then, in our fallen, broken place, enter into this state of unity, it is good. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And listen to this, verse 3. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. It is the revelation of unity and adjoining of our lives that releases God's blessing in such a way that heaven begins to invade earth and all the issues of our lives begin to be addressed on the deepest possible level. Maybe you're struggling with things on the surface level because you're addressing things on the surface level and God's wanting to go deeper and address the root cause of some of those issues on a surface level and it happens in relationship. It is a reality. The collective wisdom of God is only discovered in the community of God's family, and this is why unity is so very important. So we're working on this in a lot of ways. I just want to give you a quick summary, explanation. We have community groups. We have the Destiny Table. You hear me each week, and, and we welcome and say we appreciate the Destiny Table in New York and those families there that aligned in their hearts with what God's calling all of us to do. Uh, you understand the table. We have people in this room that have been a part of expressing the table ministry out of their home. I want you to understand the difference between the community group and the table. Both are very valuable and very important. But the revelation of the table should be shaping all of our way of thinking in everything that we do. So understand that right up front. Okay, first, community group, we want three families from our church. Three families from our church 
that say we feel a sense of call to grow deeper in the relationship that God uh, is calling us together. Maybe money, maybe finances, might be just growing in deeper depth of the word, maybe rehearsing what we're talking about on Sundays, activating and awakening that prophetic dimension that, the, that we're striving for. But three families come together and they, they just develop a relationship and rapport and build that, that pursuit and then they commit to connect and grow together. And then others come and join them as they feel so led to do. But our goal, so just hear me loud and clear, our goal is not the G12 model growth multiplication and you get this many people and then you multiply this many people. And Growth is not our goal. Health is our goal. If only three families grow deeper in the course of a year, that's a win. Community groups are about discipleship. Now I'm talking about the primary discipleship mechanism of the church. Okay, you get it. Community groups are about discipleship. The table is about evangelism. It's a different focus and different approach. It's not three families. It's two destiny families. Two destiny families come together, and there's a seven-step progression. And I just need you to hear it every once in a while so we're all kind of understanding. We're walking it out trying to figure it all out. Number one, two believing households come together. It could be two single people, two families, uh, you know, whatever that looks like. But two believing households come together, and they begin to discuss who is in their five-foot circle. You know what that is? That's people within your reach, people you work with, people you're around. And you just begin to pray together. Who is God putting on our hearts that we begin to pray for? And just search for grace in that conversation, and somebody will start to kind of stand out in your mind, somebody you'll recognize, maybe you've had interaction conversation with, and then you just simply watch for grace in those relationships while you're praying for them. That's it. I mean, if it doesn't go any further than that, it's a win because you've been praying for people. How about that? That's a great idea, isn't it? And so you pray for those people, and then you just watch for grace. You have a conversation, you realize they're getting vulnerable in a moment, and you just invite them to a deeper level of hospitality. Hey, why don't we get coffee sometime? Let's go to lunch, whatever that may look like in your context of your relationship. That relationship then starts to go a little deeper in a relational, now listen very carefully, very important. People are not projects. I'm not trying to mobilize you to a plan that reduces people to projects. I'm simply saying, let's learn to pray for people and love them well, period. If nothing else comes of it, it's not any, we're not, it's not a loss. It's a win. We're praying for people, loving them well. If that relationship grows deeper, then that might be the opportunity then for you to say, hey, going to have a few people over our house just to get together. Why don't you come join us? You and the family that's been praying for them, that family, they come, and you just get together. You don't, you don't show them a sermon from Sunday. Uh, you don't, you know, get in there and get the four spiritual laws at just the right time to get them out, you know. It's not like that. You just love them well, like you have a meal and you talk about things that matter. You know what happens out of a beautiful relationship where it's disarmed like that? People start to get vulnerable and they share their problems. And because we're people of prayer, isn't it very natural when somebody begins to share an area of pain in their life, we just say, hey, would it be all right if we pray for you? I want to pray this verse of Scripture. Now I'm introducing them to prayer and the Word through the process of a very natural relationship. And out of that then grows the destiny table and people get saved when you love them well. Your job is not to save them. Your job is to love them. (laughs) Don't try to save them. Just give yourself to loving them. How many of you know if the church would do what I'm talking about, the world would be a better place?
We have a, a training for those who feel called to the table. Everybody can participate in what I'm saying. Just do it. Go for it. Go love people. But if you want to walk through a specific training, Pastor A.T. does a tremendous job in that regard and, and just helps you introduce eternal concepts. Like, when was the first time you experienced a deep sense of community in your life? And that's just such a great conversation to open up and lead into the understanding. That's actually who we're, what we're supposed to be experiencing as the church. And so, again, how many know if, if you're interested in something, what do you do at Destiny? You fill out a Connect card. If you want to be a member of the family and feel called to this tribe, you fill out a Connect card. We then will have a conversation with you as pastors. We'll invite you to one of the Discover Destiny sessions like it's happening today right after the service. And then you can go out of that Discover Destiny to six weeks on a Wednesday night. The Judd's, uh, Kevin Judd's cameraman number one. He always says he's number one um, in every area of life. Pray for him. But Kevin and Lindsay Judd and company, their team, uh, Esther and Elson, Steve and Lori, uh, a team of people that will work with you in six weeks on a Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night after we have this 40-minute conversation to explain it. Whether you go on Wednesday or not, it's up to you. And then the first Wednesday of December, there's a commissioning to those who feel this is the call of God. I try not to wear shirts that show my sweat. Because as crazy as it is, I sweat on my left more than my right. Isn't that insane? And then like if I ever do this, <laughs> if I ever do this, the knuckleheads like Judd, camera number one, he starts talking in the mic and all the headphones. You know, we got the, you know, the whole cave back there that's broadcasting online and these folks, well my daughter's in that mix and he's like, look he's sweating on his left pit what's wrong with that guy? And my daughter's like in the mix, he's nasty man you I want you guys to come worship team, how many know we're just family here it's a beautiful thing I shared we had a brief community group training meeting before the morning got started and I shared we had a family um, that came to our church, and their commitment was to try, they moved here, their commitment was to try five churches in the metro area. And they had a connection to destiny that um, basically caused them then to maneuver in and, and try us out. And so we were number one, and then they went to two, three, four, and five. And somebody I know who knows them sent me a message and said, hey, this couple, they came to your church, and um, then they went to four other churches. And what they said was, everywhere they went, they found friendly people who were on post to greet. Like, most churches now have, you know, greeters. But what they said is, at Destiny, the greeters were friendly, but so was the whole church. Like, it wasn't the people on assignment who greeted and loved them well, but it's like everybody they met all the way in, all the way through, all the way out. And they said, this has got to be the church for us. I just want you to know, people aren't looking for friendly churches so they can find a religious environment where they can attend and find friendly churches. They simply are looking for friends. Because we are built for friendship with God and friendship with each other. And that's what makes life so rich. So I'm just going to ask music begin to play, and you know I want to purpose time for us to pray in the conclusion of our uh, ministry times where we're listening. Because my commission to you today is spend intentional time this week praying for someone you know who is a God-appointed relationship in your life. That's my commission for you. 
But how many you know God's speaking some things to your hearts right now? And he probably wants to give you a little more of a personalized commission. And, and it is a reality. I'm getting less concerned about, about what men think. But I still am probably not gutsy enough to take you to the, uh, uh, the level of devotion or challenge that the Lord himself will. Because like, he just is always making disciples. You know, he's still making disciples today. Like, that's who we are. So I just want to challenge you to listen and, and, and pay attention to this very important thing. I, it, this, I, again, I didn't plan this message to be on Discover Destiny Sunday, but how many know that worked out? It's like the Lord's just always helping me because I'm too dumb to get it right on my own. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, but has anyone ever been to Ikea? Jeff Henderson calls it Ikea. You go and you get this piece of furniture and it's in a box, Right? And you see it all put together, and then you bring it home, and you realize it's like all these pieces in a box. And then you got to do the work. Was it furniture, pieces in the box? Really, the question is, was it functional furniture? Just pieces in a box that are never joined together are never functional furniture. People in a box where we just never join together are not the functional church. What's the Lord asking of you? Because it's time for you to go deeper relationally. So as we are going to conclude shortly, I would invite you to come upstairs and just hear a little more about that and make a decision with a little more information. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I pray you'd speak to our hearts as we listen and pray. We'll, we'll just forego the um, prayer teams today with the community groups out in the lobby. But, but let's take a few moments. Would you just listen? Just try not to distract anybody just listen and pray just open your heart what is God speaking to you out of his word today and what is he asking from you as an actionable result